0: They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the Ninian, with views from the Ninian, not shoes from the Ninian, the view from the Ninian. Welcome back to the third episode of the view from the Ninian season. Uh, after a quiet week in the news by Cardiff City standards, there were no sackings, no losses. The Bluebirds travelled to Scab City and came away with three points after a 2-0 win in Nottingham. And breaking this down with me, as usual, is Tom Phillips. Tom, Shamai.
1: Shamai Ben, how are you?
0: All good, mate. How are you?
2: Very well, very well.
0: And Ben Price. Ben, how are you? What's happening, boys? All right. You're in a vest, I see.
2: Yeah, I've got the wife beater
0: on today. Should you say that on a, on a live podcast? I'm not saying I hit her. I'm just saying I've got a wife beater on. But I didn't say that you were. Yeah, you said that there, mate. So you kind of let yourself. You know, let yourself sound more there. guilty
2: now. I sound more guilty, don't I?
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah. Let's just let's just um, let's just leave that there and move on to the fact that I'm on holidays. Um, so I'm recording this from the sunny climes of Greece. I don't have to quarantine on the way back because it's not one of the islands that needs quarantine. And any questions for me about Greece so far, boys? Anything you want to ask me? How's um, it going? Yeah, that. What was it? What was the question? How's it going? How's it going? Oh, it's lovely. Um, yesterday, I went and watched the Cardiff game in a bar where the guy didn't put it on the big screen for me, but he, he let me watch it on his laptop. Um, so I oh, sat nice. at the bar watching it on his laptop, and it froze every five minutes. But um, I watched most of the game, so it was um, it was an enjoyable watch, an enjoyable watch. I'm, I sank a couple of mefos while I was watching it, which tastes different when you're in Greece, doesn't it? Legend. And anyway, on that note, with me being in Greece, Tom, I believe you have a a Greek Cardiff City eleven for me.
1: Yeah, I got. Um... Quite bored, so I thought, you know, let's make a Greek card of City 11 that has Dimi Constantopoulos nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, because he doesn't deserve to be, no, despite no. being Greek, the only Greek person in my card of Greek 11 he would have been. But there we go,
0: the, Dimi the drop, wasn't that, that that's what we called him
1: exactly? So, in goal, we've got Neil Alexander the Great, good stuff. You know, Macedonian-born, but residency rule and all that. He was king of the Greeks. <laughs> so I think, I think, I think it's does, completely fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, that does allow you to qualify to play for the national team. I am king of yeah. the country, so I should get a game. Yeah, fair enough, Alex.
1: Yeah, you know, it was controversial at the time, I'm sure. Um, you know, then uh, back four, you've got Greece-Western. <laughs> yeah. um, classic. Uh, you've got Xanthony Gerard.
0: Yeah, good, Xanthony Gerard.
1: Drac Mark Hudson, you know, one for the old currency uh, fans out there. That one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cyclades Hamilton, that that's a push. That one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is a push, but I came up with that one because I am on the the Cyclades Islands, so Cyclades <laughs> well, Hamilton. It works. It works.
1: You've got Aegean Rogerson in the, in the in the midfield there, alongside Ome Gavin Ray. You <laughs> know. Gavin. And then Thessaloniki fish. That that's a belter. That was you, Ben.
0: Yeah, that was me. Yeah, Thessaloniki fish. Um, it came to me kind of just like a, you know out of the blue, and I was very happy with it.
1: And then we've got three up top with Ionian Walsh.
0: Yep, good.
1: Alongside G. Ross McCormack.
0: <laughs> Another good one. <laughs> and,
1: and finally, on Unfortune West.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I came up with that one as well. I must admit, and I was very happy with that one too. Herakli- I've been and all, into her- Go on. I
1: have been know, and a big shout out to our chairman as well, Sam Osamam. Um,
0: <laughs> it needs to be
1: mentioned as well.
0: Um, ben, have you I've got, got any, addition, any additions that you can think off the top of your head for that? I,
2: I can't add to that, boys. G Ross McCormack is just peak, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, it's amazing what being bored on a boat can do for you. Um, so we're pretty happy to bring that one together. <laughs> um, and I think we should probably leave it there, really, because some of that was quite a reach. And then uh, I focus on the important things, which is the the, the Nottingham Forest game yesterday. Now, obviously, a 2-0 win. Uh, let's get your overall views on it and then dive into it. Ben, what did you make of it? Give me your one-line review.
2: It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. Tom?
1: Uh, more the same, please.
0: As in M-O-O-R-E.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're on it. Well,
0: you have to explain it when you can't, you know, write the jokes down. So, All right.
1: Yeah, all right. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah, just <laughs> helping you out there. And, and talking of keeper more. so Ben, he got his, his first goals for the club, one man in a match. Just just how good was he yesterday?
2: Uh, first half, especially outstanding. We'll come on to the second half in a bit. But um, he just put himself about it, made himself busy, physical, but also had that knack of a striker we've been crying out for, of doing the follow-ups and getting into those places that like you saw for the second goal. Mm-hmm. Where he wasn't just waiting for something to come to him, he was going into the chip spaces where the ball's likely to come, and that's how the second goal comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had a striker that's done that for a long time.
0: Tom, do you agree?
1: Yeah, and like I think for the second goal especially as well, it wasn't like a tap in. He'd anticipated a flick on from Morrison. He's in the right positions, and like he's lost Riviera twice for both goals, and he's just a pain in the ass with defenders. Yeah, And I just love Neil Harris referring to him as the big man in all press conferences from now on. Just absolutely he's, love it.
0: He is a big man, isn't he? He's what, six foot five?
1: He's a bit of a unit, isn't he? A
0: bit of a unit. He puts himself about... Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think <clears throat> I tweeted something along the lines yesterday that it was just nice to see a striker getting himself into the right positions. Because you can see it on some of the crosses that are coming in. He's he's getting into the positions and the the defenders are clearing it. But you can see that he's making the movements. He's steadying himself so when the ball gets past the defender, he's going to get on the end of it. And I think, you know, as, as much as I like Robert Glatzel, you can, you can almost see the difference in the fact that we've got a striker now who's just getting into the right places each time. And it, it paid off for both goals. I think you say with the second one, the anticipation was almost chopper-esque, wasn't it, Ben? It was. It was just,
2: the, for both goals, the way he's lost his man and sort of moving one direction, quickly changing the other, change the, go the other way, sort of shows he's not just a big hoof it up to him and hope he gets on his head. While his first goal was a nice header, your classic target man header um his movement is quick agile and just really
0: shows he is a clever footballer mm. and Toby's so kind of bringing that you know he's informed for wales and hopefully this is the start of him being informed for cardiff right
1: yeah definitely and we j- we ca- we did jazz up the play a bit we like it wasn't just lumping it up to him we we're playing balls to feet and like finding him in channels then then mixing it up and putting it in the air a bit and mm-hmm. Forrest couldn't really deal with it they couldn't really adapt because they didn't know how we were going to like go forward so it's really promising actually we were playing to a strength a lot more i think the things that were missing in that shepherd wednesday game are starting especially 1st half, starting to a creep through into our play now
0: so we're talking about the first half but ben let's you raised it there at the start and um, the second half we dropped off a bit right yeah we didn't really respond um
2: just before we scored that second goal forrest but on uh taylor and change their shape to a 4-4-2 and it just doesn't seem like we really responded well to it we sort of stayed doing what we were doing before but obviously with the changing shape it was a completely different game and sort of the changes forest made worked all they didn't do really was put the ball in the net they were quite wasteful they had a couple of good chances they probably should look back regret not taking but um yeah the first out of the second half was just a grind out. I think we are happy with the 2-0. I imagine if we'd scored, if uh Forrest had scored, it would have been a different situation. We'd have changed up a bit. But um yeah. just yeah, it was just a bit of a disappointing not a disappointing because we got the win, but it was it wasn't the full complete ninety performance that we sort of could do with at the moment.
0: Tom, um, do you agree? You're nodding.
1: I can yeah, I kind of agree, but I think we did what was needed. I think we didn't change. We didn't want to kind of upset the apple cart or such. Like, so just kind of keep it as it was. Yeah, they had a couple of chances. They will have a couple of chances, but we we were largely solid. We, there was the work ethic was there, you know, and yeah, it was far from a polished second half. But it's a clean sheet away from home, so can't really. I, I completely agree with what Ben's saying. It was far from like a full ninety minute performance, but it was enough. I and mean, the second game of the season, I'll take enough.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of uh, I agree with you on that point. I think as much as they brought Taylor on, I didn't think Lyle Taylor offered that much except for being a bit of a dickhead, kind of throwing himself around and, and trying to push people around a little bit. I think the fact that there were a lot of fans were kind of pining for him to come and sign for Cardiff, he showed that he's not really, you know, I don't know how much he's going to bring into a game like Kiefer Moore does for us. Um, and I, I, think, I think, yeah, I think, we, I think we deliberately took our foot off the pedal in the second half. I think the game was relatively secure. Um, and I think they just didn't want to push themselves really I think you know we, we seem to have quite a small squad at the moment of players that he's willing to play and um, I just don't think he wants to kind of risk people so much but yeah I, I agree I think you know the first half we dominated possession we dominated passing then the second half we just let them do the same and it it would have been nice to, to see a whole 90 minutes performance but I think coming away from it a clean sheet is obviously a bonus and I think do you think Ben then that the the unusual subs that came on kind of uh, had an impact on things. He, I, I don't really understand what he did with the subs, really. It was quite confusing at times, the kind of way he, can't he shifted things what, around. I can't work out what formation we ended with. So the, the, the subs are anyone who didn't watch. he Obviously, Bennett went off injured and, and Bamba came on. That was quite late on, 82 minutes. Volks came on for Ojo and, and Tomlin came on for Hoyler, which meant that we brought two wingers off and brought two central midfielders on. We brought a centre-half on for a left-back and we seem to end playing the game sort of in like a 5-3-2, maybe? I don't really know. I really can't. Genuinely, when I think about
2: it, I can't work out, because on TV, like Bakuna dropped into Mm left-back, and then we were still playing. It was like five at the back. It was just, yeah, it was just a football manager sort of situation that you sort of run out of players. It sort of, for me, highlighted how sort of short we are with a couple of players. Obviously, it was revealed that Murphy was injured, uh, slight hamstring strain, obviously Bennett goes off injured and Cunningham's obviously not quite ready for uh, the election. bench. So um, it just, yeah, it just, for me, it just sort of highlighted a couple of concerns of just that squad isn't as deep as actually I thought it was at the moment.
0: And Tom, looking at the bench, we had people like Patterson, White, who didn't come on. Would you have made any different changes? Obviously, I think the obvious one is if you're if you're trying to, I don't know, Hoyler for for White, for example, was probably the, the better change, really, to keep things in a more natural position, or is is, is it just Harris's will?
1: I, I kind of get why he did it. He brought in a lot of solid players, do you know what I mean? People mm-hmm. who can going to run around, win the ball, they're defensively minded. We The Bamba one, like, we have done up a four. Like, we did it against Preston, we did it against Bristol. We bring him on for the last 10 minutes when we got a lead. The thing is, I don't trust him as much as I used to glad no. it was a two goal cushion because if it was a one goal <laughs> yeah. cushion, it really would have been squeaky bun time but yep. but I, I, you know it worked in a way so I'm not going to question it too much and there's a reason I'm not a football manager and he is so I'm not going to question it too much
0: yeah I saw I saw someone with a, a tweet or something yesterday I can't forgive me I can't remember who it was so like Mike Bubbins on a social distance sports but I can never remember who's giving him the clips but um there was a guy who tweeted something like, "When I saw, oh, it was Grant Sheehan. He tweeted saying that um, when I saw the team, I was a bit unsure, but then that's why Neil Harris is a football manager, and I play football. Uh, is a football manager, and I play football manager. And it's it's kind of a fair point, really. I think I think there was a, a professional edge to the second half, really, that we didn't have perhaps last week you know, against Northampton that we lacked sometimes last season, really, where we we let them play the game. We didn't, you know, they they say had a lot of chances in the second half, but was Smithies really ever troubled? I don't think he was." Um, you know, I think Morrison was relatively solid. I think Nelson was back to his solid best at times. And I think that's the I think that's the positives we should take from the second half, really. And I think as the I, you know, Harris alluded it into his press conference. I don't think the players are where they where he wants them to be at the moment. So no. maybe in a few in a few weeks time, we won't do that in the second half because a the players will be fitter. And B, we might have the correct kind of backups that he wants to, to be able to bring in and, and, and change things. Um, you, you mentioned then that um, Murphy was injured, uh, and then and the next question relates to Murphy in a, in a roundabout way. Is Ojo, Ojo? I keep saying Ojo. I think it's because I think he's Spanish or something. Is Ojo going to be this season's Josh Murphy? Got a lot of creep on Twitter over the two games. Um, I, I, you know, what do you think? Do we need to be more realistic on timeframes for players to settle in? I think we do. Um, I just saw a lot of people expecting
2: Ojo to come into that squad and understand everyone right away and sort of play like a world-class player mm-hmm. he's come from an average loan spell at rangers who themselves admit he's not the quickest and not the best <laughs> and we're expecting him to be an come like be an absolute stormer. i think the, the one pass we should have squared it to rolls instead of taking that shot at the near post was frustrating mm-hmm. other than that he wasn't like it wasn't a man in the match performance but i don't think he was that bad he was just a bit quiet but
0: um, you just see some of the flack. People just can't wait. It just seems sometimes people can't wait to get on players' backs. Do you think that's a... Uh, and I'll come back to you on this one, Ben. Do you think that's a mismatch in expectations that we wanted someone who was, you know, we need a better player than Tomlin to replace Tomlin, right? And we signed Ojo for now. And people are already down on him because he's not the player we expected to sign, if that makes sense. Do you think that yeah, comes into it? it probably is that. It's sort of...
2: There's certain players that come into the club that are never going to stand a chance no matter what. Most of the Russell Slade signings come to mind for that. Yeah, yeah. And they're always just, they, they've got that vibe of just, they're not who the fans expected, they're not what the fans want. But I also sometimes feel we could have signed bail on loan from Madrid and some fans would, would have complained about that.
0: Yeah, they would have complained about his age and the fact that he's probably a bit expensive. I, I, I agree with you on that point. Tom, I mean, were, were you encouraged by OJ yesterday? Do you think he had, I thought he looked okay. I, I think he was solid, He if unspectacular.
1: I thought he played well. Um I like he did he did the basics right largely throughout the game and there was a bit of threat there, didn't I mean, going forward? He, yeah. he caused a few problems. Um and I think you know, he's only gonna get better from here. Like <clears throat> he's two games in without a pre season. I think it's promising. And I think, yeah, give, give the block a chance. I think we'll judge him now in five five, ten games time to see if he's had an impact. I thought he had a good game yesterday.
0: Yeah, and I think I think there's I think to to your point then about the, the kind of do we need to be more realistic on timeframes? We haven't had a long preseason. We've had a shortened preseason and a longer last season. So therefore, that that middle period is a lot shorter. So players don't have the same betting in time. They don't have the long court month or so pre-season where they can come in and, and learn with the players. Ojo's come in, you know, what was it? After the Northampton game, before the Sheffield Wednesday game. So he's not had a full full amount of time with the squad. So... I do think that, and, 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 and especially this season with everything that's gone on, there just needs to be a bit more grace for people. Otherwise, we're just going to be writing off players left, right, and centre. Um, we, we, we talked about Greg Cunningham earlier. Joe Bennett obviously went off injured yesterday. I think we should give, give props to Joe Bennett. 150 games for the club, um, which is quite impressive, really, as a, as a player who kind of came in during. Um, what era did he come in? Did he come in the slate or was it in the trollop? He was in the trollop, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he was just that season when Fabio had left.
0: Yeah, he he replaced Fabio. Um probably gonna be missing next week, Ben. Do you think that's a, a big miss? Uh yeah,
2: I do. Um I think he's been all right the last couple of weeks. Um finished the season strongly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a bit shaky at the start after the sort of reboot. But yeah, I think he's a miss. He's quite he's looking good on the ball, his passing's got a lot better recently. Um and we've also got the issue that Cunningham, like we said before, is coming back from a major injury. We don't know how up to speed he was. Um the the feedback we sort of got from the Swansea game was that he's not quite there yet he's still struggling mm. to get that sort of match sharpness back there's only one way if you would get match sharpness that's playing matches yeah but um, yeah it's going to be a massive loss if he's out um, it's a shame to see him go down
0: Tom would you would you would you throw Cunningham back in or would you I don't know give Baggin a go
1: I'd probably throw Cunningham in I think he's the pedigree he had before the injury you know is now sort of game and stuff I know we've got to try people at times but I don't think this is I don't think this is it I think you know, we're on the back of a decent clean sheet and stuff. Let's get some experienced heads in there. Um, if Bennett doesn't play, it is a big loss. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves at the time because he is a dependable player and there's a reason he's got 150 games for us. Like, he's, mm. he's a very, very good footballer. Um, but, yeah, um yeah, if he, if he plays like he played before the injury, then we've got nothing to worry about. But let's hope his match fitness is up to scratch if he does come in.
0: Yeah, and he's also got, <clears throat> Joe Bennett's also got lovely, lovely teeth. So we missed out that kind of blinding smile while he's on the pitch as well. So um, all the best to Joe Bennett. Hopefully he does recover in time. Um, I think someone mentioned this is what, our sixth win in a row or something like that at the City Ground, Ben. Um, yeah, our record is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I think I think the first away game I went to many, many years ago was a nil-nil draw there. And I don't think we've ever really lost there in time. I even remember the the promotion season when, Kavanaugh, Earnshaw went there and it was our second game of the season. I think Nottingham Forest were quite fancied to go up and we beat them 2-1 at the city ground um, back in 2003-2004, I think that season was. So it, it always seems like a good place to go. Is that because we're, um, Ben, always avenging the miners? Yeah, I think it's just purely because we're not scabby bastards. Yeah.
2: And sort of that, no matter where you're from, that runs deep and no one wants to get beaten by a scab. If yeah. anything, we want, we want to pick them off.
0: <laughs> pick them off and throw them in the bin. Um, and exactly. I mean, we went there last year, Tom, and we we I think we beat them one nil with about twenty eight percent possession, with Nathaniel Mendes Lang, RIP, scoring the um the winning goal there. Um, it's just a nice place to go, isn't it? It's a nice nice little ground, proper old school football ground, and and we seem to win there.
1: Yeah, it's great. Like, to the the stat is like it's we they've lost their last six home matches against us, and it's their worst home losing run against any opponent in their history. In their history. In their history, which is an absolute lovely start. I think of all the teams they've played there as well. But yeah, it's a lovely ground to go to. Um, it's, you can imagine the scenes yesterday, A two, going 2-0 two up there, you know, if there was fans in the ground. Not to like harp on about it, but like yeah. it would have been absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it's a lovely ground. I, I like going to Nottingham for sport Like in general. It's a, it's a great place to go to.
0: I believe the phrase yesterday would have been limbs, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, I believe so. I think that's <laughs> the instance <of> saying. <laughs> that's it's your course.
0: seamless. Pure <laughs> scenes and limbs is what people are saying on the internet, and um, and I think you know I I will hold my hands up here I, I I think Marlon Pack yesterday was very good, um, despite me at the start of the season saying that I think he he could be one of the players that leaves. I think he showed yesterday that he's got a part to play in this team, and um, I think I think the, the one thing I noticed from him in the first half especially was that he was he was just very aggressive. He was very aggressive at breaking the lines. He was getting out to players and and trying to close them down and get onto the ball. And uh, Ben, is that the kind of? what we want to see from Marlon Pack obviously we, we lost Gunnison and he came in and people thought that he was a kind of replacement for Gunnison he's not the same player as Gunnison but he showed yesterday that he can he can have a bit of the aggressive edge that Gunnison brought can't he? Yeah I think it's sort of the early days of Marlon Pack
2: when he first came in um, he sort of channeled that again and it's exactly what we want from him um, simple passing but played it forward looked, looked to get the ball out wide to the right players and just wasn't afraid to get stuck in absolutely loved him I
0: thought he was superb I, th- I thought so, the midfield three first half were really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll come to the question about roles a bit later on because obviously he was playing in at number 10. But, um, Tom, do you think Bakuna was kind of back to his back to his best?
1: Yeah, there wasn't any silly passes, giving away goals or anything like that. I think he was, you know, he's been quite solid and dependable in uh, like eight out of ten games over the last like mm-hmm. ha- ha- like six months or so. So, yeah, it was great to see him kind of step up. And like back to um, Pac as well, like, he set it was his cross for the first goal. It's his throw that led to the second goal, and you know I, I think you can see that aggression there. And I think that's from you slagging him off in 4-4-2, saying that he should be sold. So <laughs> I think it's I think it's down to you really, Ben.
0: He's probably he's probably got that on his um he's got that on his locker, and he's just looking at that every game yeah. going I'm going to prove him wrong. Um, him and Aiden Flint huddled around each train session. go on, mate, we'll we'll prove this prick wrong. <laughs> the dark yeah, board. yeah. Well, well Aiden, Aiden Flint can't prove you wrong because he isn't playing. So fuck um, him. <laughs> 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 I'm joking, Aiden, Don't come beat me if you're bigger than me. Um, and I think uh, you know we'll 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 end the Nottingham Forest recap here. We're looking at the former players. So obviously yesterday we were up against a couple of former Cardiff players in in Sammy Amiobi and a player who wasn't in the squad, but. Sammy Amiobi and um, Tom he was kind of back to his inconsistent best wasn't he yesterday because at Cardiff he, he showed flashes and could have been a brilliant winger but he never really did it week in week out and I think last year he had a good season at Forest but he just wasn't at the races yesterday was he
1: yeah exactly that he had his flashes again yesterday he took a long time to get going in that game he caused a few problems late on but it was, mm-hmm. the, game, the game was almost gone it's, he's one of those players that will frustrate the breath out of you he, he does some absolutely brilliant things but he would miss it for oh, probably an hour or so of that game, and then looked like they, alongside Taylor, looked like their main threat then towards the end of the game. And mm-hmm. I'm glad he's with them and not us now because, yeah, it's for great things, but it just absolutely frustrates me.
0: It's it's a funny one, isn't it, Ben? Because he's exactly the kind of player that Cardiff seems to attract, but we, we didn't take up the opportunity to sign him when we did. And do you think it was a lucky escape, or do you think we've just got you know our uh, Ojo Murphy, the kind of next incarnation of Amiobi, inconsistent, but. Can be good.
2: No, I think both are a step up from Amiobi. Um, I can't stress this enough. I think Sammy Amiobi is a fucking woeful footballer. (laughs) I think he's absolute dog shit. Um, I think he's just a dangly, wobbly freak that just... I don't get how he gets... He's not blisteringly quick. He's just sort of awkward to run against. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm just... I would not put them in the same breath as... I Amiobi, mean, I think Murphy, Ojo, my nan are all better on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, day.
0: Uh, yeah, she was good for, what was it, um, bass leg under 12s? I don't know why I picked <laughs> that area. <Paul>. Um, uh, <laughs> Pradiga. get? Um, um, I was close. Um, yeah, I think, I think Amiobi's all legs, isn't he? He's just like, you know, he's got probably a, a half a foot body and then six foot legs. Cause he's just it a, is. It's a really
2: weird proportioned thing. Yeah. It's like sort of 90, like you said, 90% legs. And then, just his torso is really, really like it's just he's a strange looking man. He is a strange looking man. And, and
0: the other winger who wasn't playing was someone that for, Forrest were absolutely desperate to get back at the end of last season, Albert Adoma. Do you think, Ben, that somewhere after yesterday's performance, Adoma was, you know, sat with a wry smile? Because he's not involved at Forrest at the moment, not really sure what they're, they're doing with him. I think he's got a year left on his contract, but they were so desperate to get him back last year. It's, it's odd that they're not playing it. I don't think it's
2: odd. I think it was just pure gamesmanship from last year. They, didn't want to, they, they I, don't want him in the squad.
0: I know um, that.
2: It's <laughs> a think... joke.
0: <laughs> but take I, think, I, think, seriously.
2: I think he's just too busy doing giveaways for all the football shits yeah. he's got in his uh, Instagram. I think he's just had an absolute rollicking from the missus. Told, right, sort this out. Sort Get this magic out. Get rid of this. And he's thought, what better way to do it than pushing the social media?
0: Have you thought about entering any of those competitions, Ben? Are you good with
2: your feet? I have, but like Sammy, Ami- Sammy Amiobi, I am a fucking woeful footballer. <laughs> all legs. All legs again.
0: Um, right, well, we we'll won't end the Nottingham Forest recap there. We've got our, um, our roving, intrepid reporter, uh, Hugh Phillips. Um, he's he's um, Tom's dad, basically, but he's uh, an amateur journalist. And he's basically, every week now, after the games, we're going to get a Hugh from the Ninian uh, involved. So let's go over to Hugh now for his Hugh from the Ninian for this week.
2: Well, one more goal in it would have been
0: a hot-trick. Brilliant, incisive report in there from Hugh. So, so Tom, your dad, uh, you know, what's he like at an away game?
1: Loves it, you know. Um, has to travel further, you know, from than the night after uh, most of the time. So, a bit drunk turning up. Um, lo- loves the game. Off he goes home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. No yeah. no incidents. No incidents
1: I forgot, I forgot he listened to this as well, so I've got to be <laughs>
0: careful, I'll say. I'll save your ass there and leave it, uh, leave it there and move on to the, the random transfer of the week. So we touched on former players for, for Nottingham Forest, but I'll go over to you on this one, Ben. Uh, do you want to explain this week's... Obviously, the first random transfer of the week was Reece Haley to Toulouse. This one's slightly less exotic, isn't it, Ben? It is. It's a bit of a downgrade when
2: you're thinking <laughs> Toulouse, a wonderful sunny part of France... Uh this week we're looking at everyone's favorite drinks driving Scotsman. Mm-hmm. Uh Ross McCormack finally got out of his broken gates in Birmingham and has made his way to Aldershot town in the National League.
0: Aldershot town. Uh, do you know anything about the town of Aldershot Ben is there any any, any you know delights you can regale us with? Um
2: I know it's where like army officers go so it's full of fucking Tories. Mhm. So McCormack'll fit in well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I've just looked it up on Wikipedia. Um, the Aldershot urban area has a population of 243,344, making it the 30th thirtieth largest urban area in the UK. So a big town for McCormack to go to. A lot well, of pubs.
1: Well, I, I went there. I went to watch Aldershot Leighton Orient, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the best crinkle-cut chips um, offering I've ever had at a football ground to be fair and and it's some solid cheesy chips there so McCormack looks like he's lost a bit of weight but he might end up putting it straight back on you know if he uh, samples the delights of the of the catering services there I
0: mean it's it's all it's all fun and games but McCormack's 34 he's not that old (laughs) Ben it's a it's a big fall from grace isn't it
2: for a man that was what 25 million pounds worth of transfer fees between Fulham and Villa yeah. Um it's a sad um, end to it, like what is what was a really successful career. We all know the Villa moved in Work out and there's obviously some personal issues that went along with that. But um he I, it's just a surprise to see him down in that sort of area. I thought when he went out to the A-League, um I watched quite a bit of the A-League. Lived out in Australia for a bit and then sort of followed Perth Glory very vaguely. So sort of seeing him out there, I thought he'd be the perfect fit out there. I thought he'd mm-hmm. absolutely love it. goals in for fun and sort of again be another one of those players that sort of raises the profile you look at Craig and Adam Lafondra at the moment having a great time yeah um I thought he'd be he'd fall right into that and someone would take him up um seems sort of go down to this level it might be what makes him happy though he might have some mates there sort of just rekindle his love and sort of finish his career there so hopefully I just, he's
0: happy with it yeah I was trying to work out if Aldershot do have any money because they signed um a few good players from the kind of lower reaches of the, the national leagues and things like that and Obviously, McCormack's often becoming cheap, um, but I can't seem to see if they have got a money man. Tom, do you, do you think he'll tear it up in the conference or the National League, as it's known now? Well, you, you'd think so, wouldn't
1: you? <laughs> like um, you'd hope some, so. You'd hope so, but there's some decent teams down there now. Yep. As well. it's not going to be—it's not complete pub football. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's going to no. Go it's, it's, score. A, it's,
0: it's a largely professional league now. Um, yeah, exactly. As I understand it.
1: Yeah, but wow, you, you'd think he'd score at least twenty goals down there. But yeah. we'll have to keep. We'll have to keep an eye.
0: Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it. I think. I think he got rich after the because I think he was because he was in the squad or he was on the books of Villa when they got promoted, mm-hmm. and he had written into his contract that he'd have a massive pay rise when Villa went up, and he got a bonus, obviously written. into He get his like contract. a two million bonus or something, something like, like uh, that In that season. So it could well be that he doesn't need to earn money anymore because if he's got you know a bit of cash just sitting away, he can just go and play football for fun, which I think. It's what a lot of people, you know, when they get to their the, the latter stages of the career, that's what they want, isn't it? They just want to play somewhere where they're loved and he's obviously gonna be a big star in the conference and, and playing at a you know I'd say the conference standard has improved in recent years from watching even lower leagues than that, you know, I watched Essex Senior League and things like that. That that level has improved down there as well. So maybe it's it's as good as League One or League Two used to used to be. Um, you know, so the level is in comparison. So who knows what will happen? But, uh, you know, while we're talking about Ross Cormack, then, what was your favourite Ross Cormack moment at, at Cardiff?
2: I just think the whole last year at Ninian Park, yeah. uh, the way he played that year was just, he was unplayable, wasn't he? At times, he was, just Absolutely, yeah. And then, um, I think the one that stands out the most is not being brought on for both roads in the playoff final.
0: He didn't, he was he on the bench for that game? I, I never remember who was on the bench.
2: He was on the bench and Dave Jones thought he'd bring on Calvin and instead. And why wouldn't you?
0: Why wouldn't you? Kelvin Atuhu, a well-known target man. (laughs) (laughs) And Tom, your favourite McCormack moment?
1: I think, like Ben says, just the whole of that season, just... The thing, though, is just we couldn't seem to fit him into the team at times because we had too many striking options. So I think my memory is just kind of just a frustration of we don't have to play Bothroyd, Chopper, and McCormack all at the same time because it just didn't work. So I think it's almost like of what could have been for me, like I don't quite yeah. look at it as kind of nostalgic as other people do. Um, and I think he, you know, he scored a lot of goals for us, especially in that one season. But it, yes, I would have. Could, uh, what could have been, definitely. I'll always let's,
2: remember, not forget, yeah. let's not forget, we're a club that turned down was it six million from Hull for him when he went up when Hull got promoted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only twelve months later, selling for a quarter of a million pounds to Leeds United. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah and then what? Leeds sold him for eleven million quid eventually. Eleven. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a matter I think I the, the game I remember from that that last at Park was the Burnley game where we beat them 3-1 um, we were what was it one all he scored a penalty and then uh, right towards the end of the game he had that breakaway goal where he just legged down the one side of the pitch and, and scored that I remember that because there was a guy at the ground next to me who'd had a 10 pound bet on Cardiff to win 3-1 and when the That's third it. goal went in it was something like 88-1 to he won the best part of a grand he, I've never seen someone celebrate so wild <laughs> and he's like he's, like, I'm not going to tell my missus about that so if his missus is listening um, he never won that bet <laughs> um, let's go to the Twitter questions before we get into the, the preview against Reading next week um, so so James Roberts asks uh, when Tomlin is injured is Joe Riles a good backup at number 10 he made some brilliant runs yesterday and could have scored a couple reckon it could be a solution if he can keep that level of performance so I've got my views on this Tom I think you have different views um, we'll go to Ben first, and we can reveal ours. Ben, what did you think of Ralls' yesterday at ten?
2: Uh, I thought he was pretty good. Um, I don't think he's an out-and-out proper ten. I don't think it's a, it's a permanent option. Um, we need someone else that can create a bit more. rolls just made a couple of good runs into the box, and probably should have been used a bit more, uh, mm-hmm. knocking the ball across. But um, long term, I think Joe Roll's best best games come from going box to box and work coming from a bit deeper and sort of creating the play from there.
0: Um, yeah.
2: Me, he's not a ten. No he's a 10, a ten in looks,
0: but not in Oh yeah, he's a he's a stone cold 10 on the a stone cold stunner. Eleven out of ten for me. Uh Tom.
1: It just sums up Cardiff fans in general. Last week, after the Wednesday games, uh like oh keep he him anywhere near from attacking play and stuff out, like nowhere near ten. And then this week, oh yeah, we should probably use him <laughs> as <an> outlet. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's just he's a stock he like he's, he's there at the moment to kind of fill it's obvious we need a little bit of reinforcement in that area and he's a quality footballer so he's not going to set the world alight in that position but i think he's good enough to adapt to do a job at a, a, in a game like forest away like that and like he will score the odd goal as well cause he's he's a quality finisher at times a uh, bit rusty yesterday but i think you know he, he could do a job there if we needed it
0: yeah, he. I, I, there was that one run in particular, wasn't there, where he got in behind the defenders and and um, keeper more put the ball in front of him. And he just slipped over it a little bit. Otherwise, he probably would have scored. Then, look, I think I, I like. You know, I'm probably Joe Riles' biggest fan. Um, I will happily. I think when we were at the Brighton away game, Tom, we were we were cheering everything he did because other people were happy to criticise him. And I think <laughs> yeah. I think he's 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 good. He could be good at number ten, but I think. I think there needs to be more work done in there, right? Because he's obviously just being thrown in as a as a stopgap, and I think he's got the attributes. I just think it's it's not going to happen overnight. And I think, yeah, as a stopgap and as as a different type of player to Tomlin, because I, I love Lee Tomlin. I think Lee Tomlin's class, but he's not involved in the game all the time. He was better at doing that last year, but there were you know he tends to drift in and out. While Joe Riles, I think he has a need to be involved in the game more and more. Like he likes to get on the ball. He likes to be that kind of metronome who takes the ball from defenders and makes the options so I think the number 10 doesn't necessarily work to, to his best abilities either but I think he I think he was more than solid day yesterday and i'd be, I'd, be I'd, I'd quite like to see him get more of a creative outlet to him because everyone knows he can pass the ball everyone knows he can whip across him and I would just like to see him <clears throat> just getting on the ball a little bit more in, in those dangerous areas um Connor Griffiths asks a much better performance first half from the boys this week what do you think needs to happen for us to become a serious contender for the promotion race i mean from my perspective, and I'll answer this first because this is coming straight into my head, it's just maintain that first half performance, right? I think we showed in that first half that we're, uh, you know, Nottingham Forest are highly fancied and we were, we were we outclassed them in that first half. We can pass the ball around now. We were, you know, I think 52, 53% possession in the first half. We outpassed Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. Let's do more of that and just make ourselves a bit more dangerous in the box. I don't know if you guys have got anything to add to that, but that's just my view.
1: Um, I think what we need that as well is depth or just a lot of luck when it comes to injuries. I think mm-hmm. we like three or four injuries and we are looking thin. Like yeah. we instantly just lose a bit of quality for backup. If we need to change a game, we've got nothing to come on. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, either some a couple of more signings or just luck. But like, I completely agree with you. We've got a start game as well. Because it was, and we needed to do that yesterday because we took a lot of like the players took a lot of abuse after that first game and rightly so because we were mm-hmm. completely off the boil. But yeah, we've got to start game strongly and then kind of just maintain. And like we can shut a game out. We've proved that. If we get an early goal, I will back us to win that game. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, like you said, start strongly and a bit more depth, and I think we've got a real a real shot.
2: Ben, can't argue that either. Of that I think consistency is key for us this season. Um. Like you boys said, and yeah, just a bit more depth, and we'll be right up there.
0: Right. Uh, Ashley asks On a scale of one to Patterson on MD 2020, how pissed are we getting when big Keith wins the Ballon d'Or? Ben, let's come to you first. I think
2: a solid Pato on three bottles of MD 2020 is needed. Yeah, three
0: bottles of that, Tom?
1: Yeah, I think first kid would be called Kiefer, girl or boy. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the Ballon d'Or bandwagon is rolling now. see Sky Sports are even tweeting Keeper Moore for Ballon d'Or yesterday. I mean, it's, ha- it's happening, boys. It's yeah, happening. The,
0: word, the word of mouth is happening. I think if I was going to say it, I'd be four cans of Dragon Soup and one bottle of MD 2020 if Keeper Moore wins the Ballon d'Or. Um, so my stomach will be good the next day.
2: We need to work with some club, because obviously it's um, like international captains get a vote. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, Bale needs to have a word while he's at Tottenham with Harry Kane. yeah go look Harry you don't have to put him first but give Kiefer one nomination because I just think it'd be funny for him just to get one nomination for the Ballon (laughs) d'Or I mean I just like I like the idea of sort of who went like Salah Messi and Kiefer Moore being like (laughs) Harry Harry King's (laughs) nominations I just
0: love that idea (laughs) <laughs> I mean I think it could happen you know I think he's, he's proven himself um I'd say he's better than Harry Kane so maybe Harry Kane will realize that and go actually yeah. I don't even want to vote for myself I need to vote for for big Keith um, and the last question I you guys might not remember this but I certainly do the underdog um AWG, that's why I said it like that do you remember when Timmy Mallet tried to break the Mallet-to-Mallet world record at halftime at a game at Ninian Park Probably the most random half-time entertainment ever. And very nicely, hope you're well, Timmy. So, Timmy, if you are listening, hope you're very well. Uh, do you, either of you remember this? Because I do remember it.
1: I um, It's been brought up a few times, and mm-hmm. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole looking at like the stories about it before. And I found a line, and I, um, I said, the half-time entertainment, in inverted commas, and Indian Park last night Involved former wide club club with Timmy Mallet hitting supporters over the head with his trusty rubber baton. But forget the terraces, Mallet, Mallet would have done a lot better going into the Bluebirds dressing room and cracking a few skulls in there instead. <laughs> I've
0: got, so that's the, that's the match report I've got open. It's from Wales Online. Um, is it Tucker? Well, I don't know who it is because the, the author's been taken off it, um, which could suggest it could, it could have been Tucker, uh, the late Steve yeah. Tucker, because uh, he didn't mince his words. But there are some cracking lines in there. So I, I, I do remember the Timmy Mallet thing. I looked it up. Um, apparently he hit a thousand Cardiff City fans' heads in five minutes. And he did it because he was doing pantomime in Porthcawl because it was a December game. And he came down as part of the promotions about Porthcawl. He broke the world record, as I understand it. A thousand Cardiff City fans malleted in five minutes. And I do <laughs> remember it happening. But um, Alan Pardy, it was against Charlton this game. Um, I mean, some of these lines, um, Dave Jones' charges were back to their lamentable worst against a Charlton side who were compact, hardworking, quite frankly, too good for the Bluebirds. Um, Unsurprisingly, given the slight improvement of fortune recently, Jones went further there. He called the luckless Roger Johnson, dropped to the bench. I didn't know when Roger Johnson was luckless. (laughs) Uh, I thought he was all right. Indeed, Cardiff were tending to overcomplicate matters in the final third, never playing one pass when three would do, and inevitably the visitors got a foot in and broke things down. I mean, that's that's Dave Jones's Cardiff City in a sentence, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I really see, as, um, sewed it up quite nicely. In a new twist, the Bluebirds were booed off at half time.
1: Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's
0: it's quite a crushing match report. Ben, I don't suppose you remember Timmy Mallet being there.
2: I don't. I really don't remember it. Um, Like... So if I saw this tweet come in, I was like, I've got to put this in because I need to hear. I need to know more about this.
0: Yeah, they, there are some photos of it exist somewhere. I think if you go on Getty Images, you can find them, and there are a few photos floating around on the internet um, about it. So maybe we can we can put a tweet out with the with the photos. But um, that was a strange time in Cardiff City's history, wasn't it? Uh, I do remember some of the <clears throat> the, after, the halftime entertainment we did have, which was stuff like uh, Wicks. Was it on the shed? Son, we had to kick the ball into the shed. Yeah, Um, classic. uh, I took part in one half time game where I had to get the ball in the goal from the halfway line without it bouncing. I went on the Ninian Park pitch at half time and I just missed. It wasn't far. I just missed. Um, And you realize how big the bloody pitch is when you get on there because I play 11 a side, but those pitches aren't as big as an actual football pitch, obviously. Ninian Park is quite a small pitch. Um, So, yeah, I, I tried my best with that. Have you guys ever, Ben, have you ever taken part in any half time? I know you've been pitch side when you were at a wedding, right?
2: Yeah, um the only thing I've sort of done like that was uh on my mate's wedding day it was the game of uh, New Cardiff Newcastle, the first game at the home game in the Premier League. And he selfishly arranged to get married that day. <laughs> so obviously I was best man. Um we sit all sit next to each other, my misses. Always
0: his- Ben, always best man. You're always best man.
1: Cheers.
2: I'm like Miro. <laughs> only a few people get that, but Yeah, I it. didn't get it. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> so I took him. Uh, yeah, we arranged with the club to go half, and he walked the ball out in his wedding suit, and we left at half-time. Wow. I do remember I do, we know, then made I do the remember. The bride that. wait outside um, while the rest of the game was finished, um, taking the penalty, uh, watching on some guy's phone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you delay the wedding. Delayed the wedding to watch the last couple of minutes because it was a penalty. Yeah,
0: unbelievable. That's commitment to Cardiff City. And and Tom, you 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 know, were, were you ever on the pitch? Have you ever been on the pitch?
1: I played a game in the Cardiff City Stadium um, when I was, like, working as an intern there. But I think the closest I've got to, like, half-time entertainment was I had to kick the ball off a stage into the back of a Renault McGann live on Bridge FM in MacArthur Glen. <laughs> 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 what? Uh, yeah, it was just a chopping up there. They were doing, like, a radio promotion, and they were sponsored by, like, Renault. And they had, like, a little platform set up, and I had to kick a ball into the boot of a Renault McGann to win a Sondaco football from, like, Sports Direct. Could you I win? I thought you'd win the McGann. No, yeah, I that's the a... I won the... <laughs> No, I won the ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a three-quid football.
1: Yeah, class free, though, isn't yeah. it? So... Uh,
0: it is free. It So is free. Um, talking of, of free things, it's now the preview against... Uh, that's not a link. Uh, preview <laughs> against Reading next week. Um, so, Reading... Preview uh somehow reading are top of the table um reading seem to be i don't know if they're a bogey side but we never seem to do very well against reading do we i think the games that always stand out for me was when we drew with them to all where um was it mikhail laser would punch michael chopra um, obviously last week's horror show i mean adam federici scored in the 96 oh, minute yeah. against us to get oh, a God. get a draw for them so I, I, is it away from home and um, i presume it's away from home no it's at home, home. oh it's at home uh, yeah. I just thought we were going back to back uh, home and away fixtures. So at home, Ben, what do you think? Do you fancy us? I mean, Reading can't. Reading aren't all of a sudden that good, are they?
2: I don't get Reading because my mate's a big Reading fan, and he sort of was filling me in on sort of what that has been going on at that club over mm-hmm. the last well over the summer. They've gone under the radar as an absolute basket case of a club. Yeah. Um, they had a spe- spell in a week of. Uh, Moving their head of head of their manager to head of football, a la Russell mm-hmm. Slade, but he somehow managed to last a lot lot a lot shorter period than Russell Slade. Um, hired a new manager. The new manager came in and then said, "I don't want him and sack the man that got him the job." Mm-hmm. Quite right. <laughs> um, after well, to be fair, he did give himself the job before.
0: Yeah. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> then the owner decided there was a breach in FFP rule. And said you could. uh, It's not going to be strict. And went fuck it. I'm going to spend a fortune, and get promoted this year. God. They then signed a a hired a manager who needed to quarantine for two weeks (laughs) before coming in. They at one stage decided to do a pre-season tour in a country where they returned. They'd have to um, quarantine for two weeks, meaning they'd missed the start of the season. And it was only the last minute with the FA saying, if you do this, um, you'll forfeit the game before they cancelled their preseason season tour.
0: So, and, and somehow they're top of the table.
2: And somehow, with it, there's a ton of other stuff. I'll need to, i I'll find the thing and post it on Twitter about what sort of gone on at Reading. And despite all that, the players have somehow managed to focus and go top of the table.
0: Well, I mean, I just looked at their results. Obviously, they, they beat Derby in the first game of the season. That's all well and good. Uh, yesterday, they beat Barnsley. Barnsley were down to nine men. Um, and I think they had the first place set off after 42 minutes, their first place set off after 68 minutes, and Reading didn't actually score until the 57th minute. So they, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Reading, I'm just trying to temper expectations here. Obviously, Reading came good in the last couple of minutes of that game. They did lose to Luton, I think, in the Carabao Cup. Um, I don't know what kind of team they played, but it's going to be one of those games, isn't it, Tom? I, I, I always dread games against Reading for the reasons I laid out. We always seem to do badly against them. They've obviously signed, was it, Ajaria this summer, who was brilliant for them last year. They've still got people like Pushkas. Lucas Zhao seems to be in form. Um, they've got John Swift still, who obviously was brilliant last year as well. I mean, what's your views going into the game, Tom? Do you, do you think we've got enough to beat them? Yeah, we've got enough in
1: fear. Like, that win um, against Barnsley was only the second home win of 2020. And their mm-hmm. last one was 2-0 against Barnsley in March. Like, they're not set in the world of life. They've been very poor. And, like, yeah, they've got Zhao and Pushkas. But, like, you look at the game yesterday... Jao went out in a massive poody walking off the pitch because he'd got no service. All massive so, they've, poody. so like they've they've got like they've got some great strikers, but again zero service at the moment. And it did take drop into nine men before they opened. But well, didn't even open Bansley up at that point. They just got they scored one volley from outside the box as a cracking strike by their eighteen-year-old academy product. And mm-hmm. the first goal was an absolute scramble. So we'll probably lose three now. But you know, <laughs> but no, but there's nothing, there's nothing to fear with them. Um, we, we sh- it's a game we should be winning.
0: And, and Ben, you know, we we talked at the top. Obviously, Bennett's probably going to be out. Um, are there any other changes? Would you make? Do you, uh, do you feel like Tomlin's ready to come back in, or would you keep things largely the same?
2: It purely depends how well Tomlin trains, doesn't it? Um, if he's fit and available, then I think you have to play him purely because that's where the creativity comes from. Him and Kiefer. Mm-hmm. Need to build up a rapport and sort of really get a good understanding because that could be a frightful partnership. But I don't think we've really talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if, if Tomlin's fit, then Tomlin comes in. But then who do you drop? I thought Raz was good, Bakuna was good, and Pack was good.
0: Well, who who would you drop? Uh, first instinct, who would you drop from that three? I've got mine in my head. Bakuna. Yeah, Bakuna. Tom.
1: Yeah, probably the same. To be honest. Yeah, and, and
0: that's, that's part and of and Bakuna. that was fourth. That say. A It's unfair, isn't it? And it's weird because we're talking about you know, the, the lack of depth and things like that but then also who would you drop who would you change and, and looking at the starting 11 yesterday apart from Tomlin coming in I don't think there's a, a change I would make if Murphy was fit maybe put him in but I don't think either winger did enough to be dropped yesterday I don't think Ojo you know, needs more time to play and I think Hoylett was especially in the first half he was very busy and he yeah. seemed to get himself stuck in so there's yeah, there's not, a, there's, not a, and there's not an instinctive change that I can see that I would want to make at this stage I agree which is which is probably a good thing, really. But you know, we need to breed that consistency. Um, we, we've talked about Reading. Obviously, they're danger man Ajaria, Lucas Shaw. Is there anyone else that you pick out there, Ben? Or you know, you, you said you'll make support them as anyone. He's he's let us know about the week that's flying under the radar. Not
2: really. He sort of just doesn't can't work out how they started so well. I know it's only two games, but he's yeah. sort of confused by it. But um, yeah, I think that we saw like we saw what happened last year when we went to them. the they're not a bad side. They sort of had an average, average season last year. They sort of fell off below where they expected to be. Mm-hmm. But they've got some good young players. they spent a fair bit of money. And I don't think it's going to be a comfortable, easy win. I really don't. Um, they could easily, if they're on form, come and do us 3-0 again. Um, yeah, did
0: didn't we play them last season four times? Because we played them yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, the FA, most Cup well.
2: FA Cup games going.
0: Yeah, I mean, even in the FA Cup game, their their goal. I think the one all at the Modeski, It shouldn't have been a goal. I can't remember if it was offside. I think he was offside. Yeah, comfortably offside, wasn't yeah. he? he? He was yards offside, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it's they always seem to get that bit of luck against us. It's like that Federici goal in the 96th minute. There's yeah. no way they score that in any other game apart from against us. Uh, let's let's get your predictions in now. Go on, and Ben. What do you think? Uh, I one all draw. One all draw. Uh, who's going to score, Kiefer Moore? Hoyler uh, Hoyler That doesn't rhyme Tom
1: I reckon we win 3-0 uh,
0: Who's going to score Kiefer Moore, <laughs> uh,
1: Moore. I think um, <laughs> Morrison Score first
0: Against his old side
1: Yes Narrative um,
0: we've, We should probably revisit At some point Sean Morrison Serial Club um, when he was at Reading, he was trying to eat as much serious as possible. Maybe let's put that in for next week, post Reading. Um, I'm going to go Cardiff 2-0. Uh, I think we're going to keep, you know, we're going to, every game is going to be 2-0 for us uh, this season. We're either going to win 2-0, lose 2-0. I think Kiefer Moore, and if Tomlin's back in, I think Tomlin's going to get a cheeky goal as well. Uh, to kind of carry on the march up the league. Uh, and, and talking about marching up the league, it's time to reveal the view from communion hall of fame. Uh, so this is our regular feature, where we're, we're trying to compile the kind of most esoteric, perhaps, View from the Ninian Hall of Fame, all related to Cardiff City. Um, the, the first week's winner went to Tom Phillips with the Michael Chopra's boot celebration. Uh, and this week's winner was um, a drum roll, please. Uh, it was Ben Price with the, the Gabor GPS rugby tackle. Uh, he went big, um, he went big with that. The, the other options were Leon Barnett's loan from Tom. That was a 13% vote share. So not oh. as good, Tom it got a like um, from
1: Leon Barnett though
0: <laughs> it did get a like from Leon Barnett and that's probably the real quiz isn't it that is the real <laughs> quiz um, and then I went for Dave Marshall's save against Swansea which actually got 32% of the vote so it was a bit tighter than I was anticipating um, but obviously Ben ran out the winner with Gabriel G. rugby tackle um, I do follow him on Instagram I am going to try and get him on the podcast at some point to talk about that rugby tackle so um, if he's listening that's the that's the invite, Gabor. Um, so that leaves a, a one-in-the-win column for Tom, a one-in-the-win column for Ben Price, and I'm stuck on zero still. But I feel like this is my week. Um, we've all got our choices this week, and um, because you won, Ben, you can go first.
2: Okay. My nomination is for Sean Morrison's dog, Pippa. Um, I follow Sean Morrison's missus on Instagram. She's hilarious. She's blunt as fuck. But her dog, their dog is amazing. Just Everyone likes a dog, anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just a really funny dog that seems to get in, like have standoff with cows that are at Sean Morrison's back garden. Yeah, yeah. It?
0: it's just a dog. Uh, I was gonna say, I feel like the dog has like a classic scrape every week where it rolls in cow shit <laughs> or does something like that. It, it it seems it seems like living with Pippa would be an event. A good a good event or a bad event? Always. Oh, good to event! Worry about. It's 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 an adventure with a dog. It's yeah, going to be good. So that's your vote then? Sean Morrison's done? Yes. All right, Tom, you go next.
1: I'm going to take you back to, you know, 2008 when you had the likes of Alicia Keys, Coldplay, Rihanna, Lil Wayne, Flo Rida in the charts. <laughs> but, you know, the the song that went under the radar wasn't even our official FA Cup song, was Cardiff City fans do the Ayatollah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think there's lyrics in there that not even McCartney and Lennon would have come up with. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're Cardiff City, we're off to Wembley, and when we lift the cup, it's going to be tidy. You know, you can't, there's genius in there. You know, we, we set a big trap for Harry Redknapp, and we're going to give his football team a big slap. <laughs> you don't hear lyrics like that these days. And, you know, you, are, you had them in inside the ground, you had it out to the ground with the, the marvellous Cardiff City Football Club on the outside of Ninian Park. And, you know, you've got them doing the Ayatollah walking down Caroline
2: Street. And like, the, the choreography as well, don't, don't forget that. Oh, that they're f- just...
1: fantastic. It's peak Cardiff City, you know, some probably lines you wouldn't say in the, in the, in the modern times now and there as well. Some stereotypes about sheep and things like that as well. You know, a few of those uh, put in there. But, you know, ignoring that, I think it's an absolute classic and deserves to go into the Hall of Fame.
0: I'm not trying to help out your vote here, but his jeans are particularly um, beautiful as well. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a big boot cut jean, which you don't see very often these days. But I do predict they're going to come back in 2021. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'll round it off this week with um, I don't know if anyone will remember this but um, it's from the 2002-2003 season, it was when we had the likes of Peter Thorne, Robert Earnshaw Andy Campbell as our as our strikers um, but it was a goal from Leo Fortune West that will always remain in my mind uh, it was a home game against the might of Port Vale uh, early on in the season I think it was sort of um, what, what kind of time of the year, it must have been August, September time so it was a sunny Tuesday evening at uh, against Port Berlin. And Leo Fortune West got a surprise start. Alongside, looks like Campbell and Thorne, from what I can see, which is a, an odd forward three. Um, you expect Peter Thorne or Andy Campbell to get the fraud. It's no, it was Leo Fortune West. He scored this goal, which Thorne flicks it on. Leo Fortune West flicks it back to Thorne and the ball comes back through to him. He's on the left of the box. He manages to Cruyff turn back inside a defender, which I don't think Leo Fortune West knew that he could do. And with the outside of his left boot, one touch, he curls it across the keeper into the top corner in a, a show of skill but if Messi would, had done it, we'd still be talking about it today. But instead, it was Heracleon Leo Fortune West. Um, probably the greatest striker that Cardiff City have ever had. And, and that's my nomination for, for this week's View from Indian Hall of Fame. Um, I don't think I'm going to win. I've got a, an idea in my head who's going to win. I think it's going to be Tom Phillips again this week.
1: I've got big again. Sorry, I had a m- bit of a mental block. I, you know, I went for the, I didn't go for the official FA Cup song. So I think it's niche enough.
0: I went, to the, um, I went to the official launch of that FA Cup song um, at the Hard Rock Cafe in Cardiff. Class. And um, Peter Ridsdale was very happy to sing along, especially the bits that were about him. Um, <laughs> so says all you need to know about Peter Ridsdale. Um, and with that note, because I don't know why we should all never end a podcast on a Peter Ridsdale, I'm going to go back to my holiday because it's sunny and it's almost midday and I want to eat some souvlaki. Um, Blackie. So boys, pleasure as always. Um, we'll be back next week after the Reading game. I guess that's next Sunday. And when I'll be back from holiday and tanned, um, Ben will be out of his vest and Tom will have had a haircut. So, boys, see you next week. All the best. See you.